0: 2nd Kings chapter 7 verse 1 to 8. 2nd Kings chapter 7 verse 1 to 8. The, the Bible says in, in verse 1, is a story where Elisha prophesied into Jerusalem in the city of, uh, of, of Samaria. Verse 1, Then Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Then a lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. And they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? Verse 4, If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. And when shall we die there? And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come, And let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill kill us, we shall but die. And they rose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the outermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses even the noise of a great host and they said one to another lo the king of israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the egyptians to come upon us wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents their horses their asses even the camp as it as it was and fled for their life and when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into that one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Tonight I want to bring to you a message that says take the risk to move forward. Take the risk move forward let us pray heavenly father in the mighty name of jesus we call upon you tonight father lord let your will be done in this house god i pray as your word has been released has been spoken has been read i pray oh god hallelujah let it not return to you void but let it accomplish lord god whoever your pleases oh god i pray hallelujah send lord god your spirit your power and your anointing in this place God, give us direction, give us, Lord, enlightenment, Lord, oh God, I pray. Order our steps, Lord. Direct our path, Lord, oh God, as we enter into a new season, Lord, of this church, Lord, as a body of Christ, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Can we clap our hands to the Lord one more time? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, don't expect to me tonight, but expect from the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. So the the scriptures that we have read tonight, it is a story in in Jerusalem that there there was a famine that happened during those days. And in verse 1, we have read that the prophet Elisha spoke a word of prophecy that within 24 hours, you will see that. In the midst of the famine, there's going to be an abundance of flowers. There's going uh, to be an abundance of, of, of uh, flour and, uh, and, and uh, ingredients for food or a barley. There's going to be an abundance that it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost so little because, because of the, the abundance of the supply. And if you imagine in the midst of the famine... Within 24 hours, how how is it possible? That's why we read that there's an, uh, there's a uh, a ruler there that, uh, that like a right hand of the, the 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 master, and and he said that is it possible to happen within 24 hours? We are in the famine, we don't have anything to eat, but is it possible within 24 hours there's gonna be much supply? And he's you know doubting, but Elisha said, You will see it before your eyes, but you will not eat that food, that supply, because of his unbelief. And in verse 3, we read it was an introductory of the story of a four leprous men. And if we understood or if we understand about the lepers, they are people that are cast out by the society because of their sickness they are supposed to stay away uh, uh, you know uh, uh, away from people at least 6 i don't know if it's 6 inches or pastor told me about he taught me that but <laughs> but I, that's but they have to be away from people and they have to stay outside the city of the gate and that's what the situation was they were outside the gate they were farming inside the city of samaria and they were there In the midst of nowhere. And we read that they were discussing. They were talking to each other. They have a problem. They have a situation. And as they were having a conversation, they ended up having three options of what to do to our situation, to our hopelessness. What shall we do? And they said that, If we're going to go back inside the city, which we're not even allowed, there's no hope for us. We're going to die because there's famine. But if we stay here, where we are right now, we're still going to die even. But if we go forward, we don't have any assurance because that's the enemy's camp, the Syrians in the north part of Samaria and We have no assurance if if they're going to spare us or not. So it means that they're still going to die. So they have three choices. If you are in that situation, what you're going to do. But tonight, church, I have a challenge and, and at the same time an encouragement for each and every one of us tonight. That there's also three options, three things that can happen to us in the year 2022. Either we decide to go back to where we used to be, or we decide to stay where we're at, our comfort zone, or we go forward and be part of what God is going to do in our city. We have also three choices, and it's up to us what's going to be our decision Hallelujah, but I want to challenge us tonight to move forward. I, I use the word risk in the title. It's because going back is not hard. You just have to embrace the things that you have already gave up to the Lord. Pastor preached this morning, he taught about repentance, the call to repentance. And in the word repentance in Greek, it's metanoia. It just means that it's a 180 degree, you know, a turnabout and going to an opposite uh, direction away from your sin. And while Pastor was preaching, God is uh, impressing in my heart about directions. Because Pastor already laid the foundation that there's going to be a switch of direction. A foundation that we have to do, a call to Repentance. We have to leave behind things in our lives. Because God is about to bring us, hallelujah, into a season that we're going to see a greater revival. Greater things that's going to happen in our city. Hallelujah. But if you choose the option, if we're going to go back, it's not going to be really hard. In In 1519, there was a Spanish explorer named Hernan Cortes who wanted to capture the treasure that the Aztecs were holding. And in order to meet his goals, he landed 11 ships on the Yucatan shore with 500 soldiers and over 100 sailors. And despite the large contingent of soldiers, he was still greatly outnumbered by the large Aztec empire on the shore. Even though they have 600 total people, they're still outnumbered. So what happened is, some of the men of Cortez's army, they began to question his leadership. They felt that, you know, it's nearly impossible that the mission, you know, that they will be able to uh, fulfill the mission. It will only add up failure. So this ringleaders plotted to seize some of the vessels so they can escape on that situation nearby Cuba. But when Cortez learned these plans, he made it impossible for the conspirators to get away, making sure everyone was devoted to one united plan. And Cortes gave the command to burn his own ships. Naturally, the men at first resisted that seemingly insane directive as they knew they weren't able to return home. And this is what Cortez responds to them. Well then, if we want to return home, we are going to take their ships. That's why they decided that there's no turning back. We're going to burn our ships and move forward and fulfill the mission. Even if it seems impossible, we're going to move forward. Tonight, church, we are in a situation that we we must need to burn some ships in our lives. Burn some ships, burn some bridges, ways and methods that will allow us to go back to where we came from. There is a pool right now in the world tempting us to go back. And just go back to where you came from. Uh-huh. The enemy is trying to pull you back. It's better here. It's more comfortable here. Just go back. But we need to burn some ships tonight in the altar. Hallelujah, we got to come tonight to the altar and burn some things. Hallelujah, in our lives, our fleshly desires. Hallelujah, in the altar. Amen. So that we will not have any reason to go back anymore. But the problem is, but the problem with the living sacrifice, it always crawls back out of the altar. Always finds a way to crawl out to the altar. Look what happened to Lot's wife. The instruction was clear. Leave Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't look back. But what happened? Because of the cares of the world in her heart, she looked back. And you know the story. She ended up being pillar of salt. There is a danger, church. There is a danger if we go back to where God has already brought us out. Hallelujah, there is a danger. And we need to be aware, we need to be conscientious, or we need to be, you know, we don't, we don't want to be mindlessly just doing whatever we want, we, we want to do in this world or what we do in our careers, and our lives. We got to be focused and be aware that the enemy is always trying to pull us out back to where God has brought us now. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, Look at this way. When we repent of our sins and we always come back to the things that we have repented. This is how Peter gave us an illustration. They prove the truth of this proverb. A dog returns to its vomit. And another says a washed pig returns to the mud. In the spirit church, this is how people look like. People who have been forgiven by God. Things that you have already gave up to the Lord and things that we have repented of, of our sins. And we, when we started to go back every time to those things, this is how we look like. We look, it's like a dog that always comes back to the vomit. If you think of that picture, it might help you. <laughs> it might give you some uh, inspiration or encouragement to not <laughs> go back again. Because you look like that. It's nasty. It's not good spiritually. You already, ready? You are ready? <laughs> not good, church. But that's the Bible. That's the, what the Word of God says. That's how we look like in the Spirit. Or also, it's like a washed pig who always returns to the month. Like the master will always clean you, wash you, sanctify you, forgiven you, cloth you with his righteousness. And after those things, we always jump. Woohoo. <laughs> let's go to Nabad, let's swim again. <laughs> it's warm, it's summer. You need to you know, so you jump back again to the to the mud. And then afterward, after we soak into the mud, we go back again to the Lord and we repented of our sins. And again and again He will wash us, He will clothe us again, He will sanctify us. And after everything we always again go back to the mud and just enjoy. And then we go back again to the Lord and we repented. And God will wash us again. Hallelujah. That's how we look like. But let me tell you something. This is the good thing and this is a good part, church. Hallelujah. Because of His mercy because of his mercy and grace to our lives hallelujah that no matter how we go back amen god is still willing to wash us god is still willing to wash us and clothe us with his righteousness and forgive us the bible said that if we confess our sins hallelujah he is faithful hallelujah he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us with all of our unrighteousness. And we thankful tonight, church, that the God that we serve, He is faithful and just. He forgives. He cleanses. He sanctifies. And I'm so thankful to that. But I don't want to take advantage of that as well. Hallelujah. That's one thing, church. It's an option. We go back. And second is the another option that we can do is if we stay where we are, we may not go back to where we used to be. We may be here in the church, which is good. I'm not saying it's wrong. We have to be in the church, but we have to beware of the idolatry of idleness. The idolatry of idleness. Jerusalem was in a backsliding state was likened into an unfaithful woman in chapter 16 of Ezekiel. Not only Jerusalem but that was judged, but also Sodom and Samaria. Here I go again, the Samaria. In verse 49, the Bible said, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and take note of this, an abundance of idleness was in her, in her, in, in her daughter's. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. One thing that God is against about Sodom is they have this problem of the abundance of idleness. What happened is they become comfortable. They become satisfied of the things that the, he had, she had. The comfort that she had. And because of that, the Word of God says they, they did not pay attention or give a hand to the poor and needy. Let me tell you what, church, idleness is one of the tactics also of the enemy against the church. Hallelujah. It's one of the things that he will try. Yes, the Bible says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's the, what Jesus said. No matter the what the enemy does, no matter what the, the, the hell would go against the, the church, he will not prevail. He knows that. He can't destroy you. He, He's no match for the church. But if there's one thing that he can do, he might not destroy the church, but he, if he can put the church into an idol and not move and just be comfortable in the comfort zone and just stay where we are, hallelujah, then he might say he fulfills his mission. Because if the church becomes an idol and does not do and become comfortable to where he's at, then it's not that the will of God and what God wants to happen it's going to be stagnant because we fall into that idleness. If somehow the enemy can put us into a snooze and sing lullaby. Go sleep. Take your nap. It feel, it'll make you feel like it's always siesta time. You know the feeling that on the noontime around one, when you just had your dinner and you're so full, and then in the uh, around one or two p.m. you feel like siesta time. You you wanna you wanna take a nap. You wanna rest. You know you wanna you you want you wanna take your time. And the enemy wants to do do that too for the church. If he can sing lullaby to you, if he can you know make you sway and just take it easy and get comfortable. And just want to lay down there and do nothing. That's what the enemy does. Look what happened to the book of Acts to the church. The early church in the book of Acts. They have become so comfortable in their own little church and revival that was taking place in Jerusalem. The Bible said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. That ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses both unto me and in Jerusalem and into Judea and in Samaria and to the outermost part of the earth. That's what the Bible says, that's what Jesus said. This is what's going to happen to the church when you receive the Holy Ghost. You're going to be the witness all over the world, wherever you are. Different places he mentioned. And because of that, because of the revival that was taking place, they got so comfortable. And in Acts chapter 8 verse 1. God sent a persecution that causes them to scatter. In Acts 1.8, God made a promise. In Acts 8.1, God fulfilled the promise. But He didn't tell them how it's going to be, what's going to be the process. And God sent a persecution, and because of that, they went into scattering, and that's where they're fulfilled, and preaching wherever they went, and they were all scattered. Sometimes, church, the things that God sends us, persecution, struggles, and problems, don't push them away. Because sometimes it's a way of God for us to wake us up. Wake us up, church. Because we might not be aware, but you've been, you know, you've been fallen into a state of, you know, being a uh, snoozing, you know, in in, in snoozing. God wants to wake you up in your faith. He will send some uh, struggles and... Hardships. Not to put you into trouble, not to put you in, you know, in a, not to cast you away, but to draw you back to His presence. Hallelujah. Don't fall into the idolatry of idleness. We can be so comfortable to our seat. We know where to sit every Sunday. We know where to, you know. When the worship sings and we, we can lift our hands and we can clap our hands and just be comfortable. I'm not the pastor. I'm not supposed, I guess, to. But uh, I just want to wanna say this with love and reminder. But we need to be involved. We need to be part of what God wants to do in our city church. Yeah. Hallelujah. When God called Abram. He was commanded to leave his country, his family, his father's house. And what it it meant for Abraham, when he left his country, he left the laws, he left the culture, he left the systems that works for him. He left the opportunity that's available in that country. He left the things that work for him. He left the environment. And then he left his family. It means he left his support system. He left the people that knows him. He left his father's house. It means he left the inheritance that is available for him. If, if Abraham was already comfortable and, you know, satisfied with all those things, then he won't say yes to God and just stay where he's at. But when Abraham said yes to the Lord, then God prepared a bigger stage for Abraham. That's why we need also to move forward, to move out to where we are, our comfort zone, because there's a, th- you know, there's a things that God wants us to pursue. We, g- we got to move away from the, un- the, uh, the usual, move away from the common, move away from the customary, move away from the habitual, move away from the typical, move away from the conventional, and move away from the normal, move away from the regular, and move away from the familiar. And let us pursue the realm of extraordinary. Let us pursue the realm of remarkable. Realm of unexpected. Realm of surprising. Realm of memorial. Realm of exciting. Hallelujah. But the decision is yours, church. I can't decide for you. But I am here right now tonight to encourage you. Let us move forward. We can't afford to stay and be comfortable where we are. Because God is about to do a great thing. And we got to be part of the revival church. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You may not preach. But you can greet someone with a smile. You may not preach. But you can worship the Lord and support. Hallelujah. You may not preach. But you can support in giving. You may not. Hallelujah. Preach. But you can intercede. Hallelujah. doesn't matter what you do. We got to do this together church. So we can fulfill. Hallelujah. The mission of the church. We are the mission point. This is our identity, church. The mission. Hallelujah. That's good. Hallelujah. We got, a part, we got to be part of what God's about to do in these last days. Hallelujah. And lastly, miracles and breakthrough takes place when we move forward. We always pray that God will perform miracles, signs, and wonders. But if we're not willing to move forward, God will not do it. Even though God has already proclaimed the blessing to Abraham, he still has to choose to move forward. And even call it worship when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac. Yes, he still had to do that decision. And when he did move forward and said, I will go and worship. Then blessing came and miracle took place in his life. Moses and the children of Israel, when they were surrounded by mountains, while Pharaoh was in his, in his armies was chasing them. And yet, they choose to move forward. And because they choose to move forward, God parted the Red Sea for them. Yeah. Hallelujah. With the three options, also with the lepers that we have read earlier. They chose to pursue what's ahead. They don't have any assurance if they're going to survive. But they said, if they're going to die, I'm going to die moving forward. I'm not going to let myself, seeing myself, going back to where I was or just stay where I was, where I am. But if I'm going to die, I'm going to go forward. God used the four lepers who were rejected In the society to bring breakthrough and miracle to Jerusalem or in Samaria. Just because they have decided to move forward. Because breakthrough belongs to those who choose to move forward. In Genesis, God gave man the dominion and authority over his creation. So whatever happens in this world... We cannot blame God. If there's famine, if there's wars and rumors of wars, if people ask, if God loves us, why he allowed that? You know, people would question those kind of things. If God is, you know, God is love, why He would allow this or do this? You can't blame God. He gave you the authority. So, wherever what happens, it's because of humankind's actions. Even though, it breaks his heart. He will not break his word. Because he said that I give you authority and dominion. And that's it. Over creation. When he saw the wickedness in the in, in mankind. He called Noah. He could have just cleared everyone. During those days. But he had to fulfill his will through a man. Through Noah. And even in preaching right now. In our season, in our, in, our, in our days. He gave the responsibility of the preaching of the, world, uh, of the word to us. He did not give the, 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 the responsibility to the angels. Angels could have done it better than us. But the preaching of the word is through us. We have to remember this church that in any activities concerning the kingdom of God here in earth, Without God, men cannot, and without men, God will not. Doesn't matter how much we desire and you know pray about the, re- the revival in our city, if no one will go, if no one will respond, and no one, if no one will get involved and be part of what God wants to do, it's not gonna happen. I remember. Brother Sistrong, in the Canada conference, he said that, you know, you can pray and intercede to a city. But if there's no church in it, revival will not take place. Because someone has to go and respond to the call and plant the church and do the work. Do the work. Without, men, God, um, without God, men cannot. But without men, God will not. That's why prayer also is important key. Yes, prayer alone, you know, we have an action. But it is also important that prayer, a man prays and releases his will, uh, God's will and then act upon it. Yeah. We don't just pray and wait. We have to pray and we have to respond. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall walk up. You know the scriptures. I'm not, I'm not going to quote everything. But the word wait there is not something that you're just going to be an idol, not do anything. The word wait there, it means that you have to do and do the will of God. That's why the word waiter, I know you heard it already, this kind of illustration, but the word waiter, waiter serves in a restaurant. You need something, the waiter will serve you, will provide what you order, what you need. The same thing in the scripture when... The Bible says that you have to wait on the Lord. It's not something that you wait and do nothing. But you, as you wait on the Lord, you have to do His will. You have to do something, be part, whatever you can do. Just move forward. I want you to understand this. This is powerful because because of these four lepers that we have read. Because of their decision. there were just nobody in the society. They were, they were rejected. They weren't something, you know... Uh, Known to people They were rejected No one even cared much of them But because they decided to move forward In the midst of the famine It did not only bless them But through them It also saved the entire city from famine Your decision to move forward Also will not only affect you personally But will also save other people You just only have to decide to move forward. And as you move, it will determine your miracle and breakthrough. Because the truth of the matter is, it will take a lot of courage to choose moving forward than to go back or to stay where you are. It will take you a lot of courage and decision. As I've said earlier, if you just want to go back, it's easy. Just do it again, what you have done. Or also, it's, it's very easy to just be still and be idle. But if you want to go forward, it might be cost. It might, there might be some cost. There might be some risk, uncertainties. But if you start to say yes to the Lord and move forward, then you will see the power of God unfolds. The provision unfolds. The miracle unfolds. Hallelujah. The revival unfolds. But you have to choose to move forward. Paul said, Philippians three thirteen and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things, Which are before, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ, Jesus. The word forgetting there, it means not being influenced of the past. When you forget things behind, you don't allow those past to influence your decision right now. Because if you allow your past to influence your decision, it will cause you insecurities and fear. And it'll question your identity. you 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 You're gonna have a self pity, and you're say, you know, I'm not, I can't. And the tendency is you're not gonna do it. But Paul said you get a press toward, you get a push, and pursue his high calling, the price of high calling. Uh-huh. I'm gonna end with this, but I'm I i want to bring you. Into a di- this direction. In Amos chapter 8 verse 11. The Bible says in Amos 11, 8 11, Behold the days come. Saith the Lord God. That I will send famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. Nor a thirst for water. But of hearing the words of the Lord. There's going to be a time. That there's going to be a famine, not of bread and water, but the hearing of the word. In our days right now where internet is dominant, rampant, there's a lot of you, you know, a lot of churches online, you can watch everywhere. You can choose where you want to watch. You can watch here. You can watch different places. You know, there's not, there's, there's always someone preaching. You can just always watch. But in the midst of all those preachings wherever, you know, everywhere, people are still hungry. People are still in need of the Word of God. But my challenge for us tonight is, because there's a famine of the Word of God, to hear, hearing the Word of God, are you willing to move forward, church? Are you willing to go to the enemy's camp and take back what is rightfully yours? That's what the uh, four lepers did. They went forward, they went forward and they went to the enemy's camp. But this is where the miracle took place. They, all, they were four lepers walking to the camp of the enemy, but God made it their sound like there's uh, tons of horses and chariots that made the Assyrian armies scared and run away. When we go forward, church, God will make a miracle. God will be with you. He will back you up, church. But you just have to decide, say yes and go forward. Sometimes it scares us to go forward, church, because of uncertainties. We are scared of the unknown, the realm of the unknown. Our human nature, when we do things in this world, we want to be in control of everything. But when we face the realm of the unknown, we begin to panic. We begin to be scared. But in, this, but in those moments, it's going to be in those moments that God's going to show His power. He's going to reveal His power. Hallelujah. Let's stand tonight, church. Hallelujah. 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 Church, you have heard the message of the Lord tonight. God is bringing us into a season, into a direction where God wants to show great and mighty things which we do not know yet. But we have to decide in order for the revival and the vision to take place, it's going to take you and I to be part and be involved of what God is doing in our city and we got to be part of whatever we can do doesn't matter how small and insignificant it is for you just do it faithfully even wa- uh, you know cleaning the washrooms even cleaning the washrooms the way i the way i my mindset in cleaning the you know cleaning washrooms i'm not saying this to you know toot my own horn or whatever that i clean washrooms not about that what i'm saying is even in, I want, I want you to have a different perspective of doing things in the, in, the, in the church and in the ministry. Even in cleaning washrooms, your mindset has to be evangelism. Because everything we do here in the church and in the ministry, it's all about souls. So when you, you know, even in a simple uh, responsibility of cleaning the washroom, you wash, you make it the best that you can to clean the washroom. It's because you want people to appreciate the washroom. That even, you know, the place, the washroom, they're, gonna, they're not going to say, I don't want to go to that church because it's messy. I've heard a lot of comments, not because I cleaned the washroom, but there are some people, especially when people rented our fellowship hall, they compliment our church. Wow, it looks like a hotel. There. Of all the places that they're gonna give a, a, a compliment is the washroom. So in, in that simple, you know, it's a, in the, in that simple situation, if your mindset is evangelism, it's about souls. You're not gonna treat what you do just as insignificant. It's about being faithful in little things, and God's gonna give you greater things if you're faithful in small things. But tonight, church. This is what I felt in my spirit and God impressed in my heart. Glory of God. The cloud that's been protecting us, the presence of God. It's lifting up right now. And it's time when when the glory of God starts to lift up, it's about, it's, it's about time to pack up your stuff and start to move as the Spirit of God moves. That's why we're praying always the move of God, the move of God to where? Move of God where? Where, where? Where's the move of God's going? We have to follow the Spirit of God, the leading of the Spirit as a church, every one of us. But we have to decide, church. Let us move forward. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.